Hello, do you like New Japan Pro Wrestling? Are you a Shin Nihon freak? If so, check out the Super Jcast with Joel and Damon on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. And even if you fucking hate New Japan Pro Wrestling, listen to the Super Jcast anyway. Not just for our great show reviews, analysis, and pastrami sandwiches, mm-hmm. but there's also usually some dick jokes somewhere in the obligatory opening 30 minutes of absolute nonsense we chat about every single week. That's the Super Jcast for all the best talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling, crisps, and pornography. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. It's my music. You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 160, and it's about the themes of the four pillars of all Japan, Misawa, Kobashi, Kawada, and Tawe. And today I'm joined by a returning guest here on the show. It's Jojo Remy. Hello again, Jojo. Hey, Andrew. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, great to have you back on, definitely. Um, this is your fifth time on, I believe, actually, which is, is pretty cool. And um, it's funny, you know, last time you were on, we talked about the themes of a guy named Kenta. And now we're going to talk about the themes of another guy named Kenta <laughs> and a few other guys, too. So there you go. But um, but how are you doing, man? How are things? Yeah, things are good uh, back here in Florida. I, I assume the last time we spoke, I was probably already back here. Um, but you know, things are going well. We're, uh, about to head into hurricane season here. So that's always a kind of nerve wracking time of year <laughs> down here and in line of fire, so to speak. But, uh, yeah, things are good. And, uh, yeah, excited to talk about some of really the most, uh, meaningful themes, I, th- I think in my, my, my professional wrestling fa- fandom. So thank you so much for having me on. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's funny when I, um, gave you the list of songs, for the episode here, um, you messaged me a few minutes later saying, "Oh, I got I got tears in my eyes hearing these melodies, you know." So I got the right man for the job, I think. There, Jojo, that that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of these songs, like I listen to them when I work out or when I run or like, you know, they've and they've been they're they've been around for a while, right? So they've been constants in my life for, geez, I don't even know how long. I guess like almost more than twenty years at this point, which is kind of crazy <laughs> to think. Um, but yeah, so. Super excited to talk about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's a, a pretty big episode, a pretty big topic. Yeah, you know, and I mean, we're talking about the four pillars here. You know, Mitsuhara Misawa, Kenta Kobashi, Toshiaki Kawada, and Akira Tawe. Four guys who, you know, had a couple good matches here and there, I think. You know, <laughs> drew a couple nice houses here and there. Um, no, I mean, look, they're, they're four of the best wrestlers of all time. They've had some of the best matches of all time, either with each other in, in countless singles and tags or other guys in all Japan or, or later on in Noah, um, you know, five-star ratings up the wazoo from Dave Meltzer before he went star crazy later on in his life. When um, stars meant something. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> but no, look, they're all champions many times over. They're all hall of famers. They're all considered just, you know, massive legends and icons of pro wrestling. So, you know, really what else can you say about them at this point that just hasn't already been said by so many other people, you know, we, we could praise them all day, of course, but They've been praised, I think, quite enough over the years there, Jojo, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, so have have you done any of these songs before? Uh, no, I haven't. This is actually the first time I'm talking about any of these songs. Nice. So you're kind of like, this was something that I'm assuming you had planned to do together, obviously, because I, I would assume that, like, had you not wanted to do them as their own episode, you would have encountered one of them, you know, at some point over over the, the course of the, the history of your show at this point. So I'm excited to... Uh, to jump in and get them all at one time for the for the first time around it's pretty exciting mm-hmm. yeah if you look at each guy's theme history individually there's not that many um and i've done shorter episodes before of course but i think when it's you know the four pillars you know with this this group of guys who are just so bonded together by this name and this legacy i wanted to do them all in you know one fell swoop here and um i said before on the show too that i there are a lot of big topics to get to I didn't want to do them all in, in short order. I wanted to space them out over the years and over the episodes. So um, here we are, finally, doing the four pillars. 
And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one a lot, and um, I'm sure you are too, JoJo. <laughs> For sure. Let's get to it. All right, yeah. So uh, again, collectively, a bunch of songs to get to here. We're not going to cover you know every single song that these guys had. We're just going to cover the main you know iconic ones that people know of and a few others here and there. Um, but still, a lot of songs to get to, uh, both with All Japan and, of course, with Noah, too. Because Noah is a big part of the Pillar's legacy, um, at least for three of them anyway. Misawa, Kobashi, and Tawai, who made the jump in 2000, uh, whereas Kawada, of course, stayed behind with All Japan. But regardless, we'll start off here with the first Pillar, and that's Mitsuharu Misawa. Mr. Elbow, Mr. Emerald Flosion. And the thing about Misawa is he wasn't always Misawa. He spent a good part of his early years under a mask as Tiger Mask 2 from 84 to 1990. And his theme as Tiger Mask is by Takeshi Terauchi and his Blue Jeans, great band name. This is Tiger Mask theme. <laughs> This is naturally pretty old school, um, kind of a mix between like a Western TV theme and some surf rock thrown in there too. It has the sound effect that you would hear in a cartoon where someone jumps really high, that kind of sound. So yeah, again, very old school, but it's based on the show theme, so that makes a lot of sense there. And look, is it what we're used to with Misawa? No, of course not, but it's not Misawa, it's Tiger Mask Jojo, so you know, there you go. Yeah, and it's not the Tiger Mask theme that, you know, people that are familiar with the current generation of Tiger Mask wouldn't associate this one with Tiger Mask. But I feel like, you know, they used this melody in the uh, the Tiger Mask W uh, kind of relaunch of of, of, uh, of Tiger Mask. And that, that was an underlying kind of melodic theme in that theme. And this is why, right? It comes from this original theme. Um, and like you said, very vintage westerny sounding almost like cartoonish obviously makes sense too at this point but uh yeah i think it totally fits the character and it doesn't fit the man that you know we came to know as mitaro misawa obviously but um makes sense for for what it was at the time mm-hmm. yeah and misawa himself was pretty different back then too um, not just in terms of the character obviously but uh, in terms of his build, in terms of his his move set, and, and that would change as time went on, of course. But um, but yeah, the guy in the ring in '85 is not the same guy in the ring in '92 or '93. It's just you know he, he changes a lot as the years go by. So yeah. Um, now before we get to the next song, Spartan X, I do want to briefly mention a few songs that Misawa had before Spartan X beyond the Tiger Mask theme. Uh, the first one is Yakusoku no Hashi by Motoharu Sano. Before Tiger Mask, actually. Uh, the next one is Red Zone Fighter by Tokyo 23.
That's from an anime series called Megazone 23, uh, which he used in 1990. And then the last one here, War in Space Theme by Toshiaki Tsushima. sci-fi movie called War in Space, and that was also used in 1990 before Spartan X. So, um, yeah, a couple songs here that I'm sure many people out there don't even know were Misawa themes at all. Um, but that's kind of a recurring trait amongst all four pillars. You know, they all they all have their signature songs, of course, but they also don't get them right away. You know, it takes a couple years before they get those iconic, you know, songs. So, um, yeah, there's the example right here, Jojo. There you go. Yeah, I wouldn't mind, like, I feel like uh, Yakusoku no Hashi could have been repurposed. I feel like that one was uh, a good song for sure. And I could, it kind of reminded me of like, it's not at all the same type of music, but like uh, a Yuma Aoyagi type baby face character. Like, I'd slap that song on him for sure. The other two were kind of didn't leave a, a, a good impression, not like a lasting impression, I'd say. Like, one of them just kind of sounded like uh, background music for Street Fighter, but not as good. And the other one uh, was, yeah, that, I didn't even see how that one was like very regal sounding. The the one from the movie, uh, I forget what it was called. War in Space. But uh, the yeah. War in Space. Yeah, exactly. That one was like very regal sounding. I didn't even see how that would work as a wrestling theme. But yeah, if you're looking like to go back in time and pull a song that you could reapply to an upcoming, up and coming All Japan wrestler, Yakusoku Nohashi, which means the promised bridge, uh, gets my stamp of approval. All right, then. Well, uh, let's get to the big Misawa theme here. Uh, he had this in all Japan throughout the 90s and into the Noah run until, uh, well, until the end of his life in 2009, sadly. Uh, this is by Keith Morrison from the soundtrack to the Jackie Chan movie Wheels on Meals, which in Japan was titled Spartan X. This is Spartan X. Picture the tears just flowing from your eyes, Jojo, as this song plays. Just the, the emotion, the magic. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, this is the first of the iconic pillar themes in the docket here. Um, it has those trademark pillar theme elements. The guitar keyboard mix, the energy, the steady pace to it with the guitar in the background. The very memorable melody. So, yeah, you know, for a song from a Jackie Chan movie called Wheels on Meals, this ended up having just a very a very prominent and lasting legacy in wrestling, JoJo. It's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, this is first one of many of these songs where, like, I hear superimposed over the song, the crowd chanting the wrestler's name when I listen to it, right? Because that just came to, to be so many times. Like, when Misawa be coming to the ring, the chanting would start right away. And, yeah, the chugging rhythm... The melodies, like this song has three very distinct melodies in them that are that are all standalone good enough to be their own themes, I would say. Um, so yeah, to me, the instrumentation is is classic, as you mentioned, but really the, the melody, and it's true for a lot of these songs, the melody is really just so, uh, so good, so good. There's no other way to put it, like the, the way it flows and there's just so many different sections to this one that, that, that really do kind of make me emotional. So yeah, classic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of the pillar themes, this is definitely more on the heroic 
side of things, because they all feel very dramatic and cinematic and whatnot, and there are connotations of some songs being more heroic and some being more, I guess, antagonistic, you might say, so this definitely leans more towards the uh, heroic side of things. Um, and that makes sense, because Masawa was, you know, one of the main heroes of all Japan during the 90s. He would be the main hero in Noah as well later on, so it's not just a great song, it's the right tone for Misawa as well. Absolutely. And uh, later on, he would get the Noah version of the song, which uh, has the famous piano intro. just adds this extra layer of epicness to the occasion, you know, and, and that's the thing too about these pillar themes, a lot of them have multiple versions, you know, with different intros, maybe some updated instrumentation as well, so, um, yeah, if there was a way to somehow make these songs more epic, the pillars found a way, Jojo. Yeah, there's actually a couple other versions of this one that I think All Japan did. There's one where they kind of change the order of this the set like it, it goes back to the first section before it gets to the kind of minor key section uh to kind of re-emphasize that intro again uh so that was one there's an and then there's like a super slow version which never ever hits the main uh <laughs> tempo of the song it's just always a, a slow piano um which i i can't imagine he actually ever used but that kind of intermediate one that that recycles the a section before it gets to the the c section um, I think he did use for a time in All Japan as well. I think that's on maybe All Japan Best of the Best, if you can track down that CD. Uh, it's a good listen. Mm -hmm. Also, and I didn't know this until the episode here, but Keith Morrison, that's not his real name. That is an alias. His real name is Toshiyuki Kimuri. He did the Japanese soundtracks for a lot of Jackie Chan movies when they you know, came to Japan. He also went by the name of Kurth Morrison, which I assume was either a typo or an English to Japanese mistranslation of sorts. So, yeah, all this time I assumed that Keith Morrison was this American guy or British guy, but nope, he's actually Japanese. So, how about that? That's interesting. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, so, gonna go now to pillar number two, Kenta Kobashi, the Iron Man, the man who chopped cancer in half, and... Kobashi's first theme he had from 88 to 98, so a full decade there. This is by Masaki Matsubara, and it's called Sniper. <laughs> I don't want to say that this is a lesser theme, because he had it for a good long while, but I think compared to the other Kobashi themes, it, it feels a bit um, quaint, I guess. It's a good song, don't get me wrong. It has a good riff, a good chugga chugga tempo. Again, it has kind of a Western vibe to it, too, I think. But uh, overall, you know, compared to like Grand Sword or Blazin, it doesn't have that sense of epicness or theatricality that those songs do, Jojo, I don't think. Yeah, it's. I wouldn't call this one epic at all. Like this one, like it, it's it's a more vintage feel in in how the guitars are uh, voiced. Like 
you can kind of hear a little bit of overdrive in the amp, like real tube overdrive in the amp. It kind of sounds like this was recorded in a room by a live band of, you know, maybe three or four musicians, whereas the other ones are very epic with strings and pianos and, and just a lot of kind of more 80s production elements, whereas this one has more of a vintage kind of 60s, 70s uh, music production element to it, which is obviously like a, a style of music that I like a lot. Um, this one almost gives me like darkness instrumental vibes, if that makes sense. Like very kind of just guitar focused, guitar harmonies, that sort of thing, but not in the kind of Ingve sense that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the first couple of years there, he actually used this song with an intro from the song Color of Your Smile by Night Ranger, which is uh, kind of funny to think about, you know, Kobashi coming out to Night Ranger of all people. But um, look, it's the late 80s, early 90s in all Japan and places like that in New Japan. They used pop songs, rock songs all the damn time in in many contexts. So, um, yeah, it's very strange to think about, but it's certainly par for the course, I think, in this sense there, Jojo. Yeah, I mean, I think there was definitely a kind of uh, period-specific element to all these that kind of permeates them, so that it totally makes sense. Right, right. So in 98, Kobashi gets a new theme, which will become his main song for the better part of his career until he retires in 2011, uh, with one big exception, which we'll get to soon. But this is by Osamu Suzuki, and it's Grand Sword. This is what I'm talking about here. This is a Kenta by God Kobashi theme. When I think of Kobashi, I think of him as like this epic warrior god, just built like a brick shithouse, throwing big lariats and chops. And when this song hits with that giant crashing piano melody, that dun 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 the synth choir in the background, and the big guitar solo comes in later, like this feels like a proper epic hero theme for a proper epic hero like Kobashi. And the title, too. I mean, it's called Grand Sword, for God's sake. That is such a tremendously appropriate name for this theme and for this wrestler. So, yeah, great stuff all around, Jojo. Yeah, I mean, this is the the most epic. In my opinion, this is the most epic wrestling theme song there is. Like, if you had to pick a perfect wrestler, if I had to pick a perfect wrestler, I would pick Kenta Kobashi. If I had to pick a perfect theme for any wrestler, I would pick this song. If I had to pick a theme for Kenta Kobashi, you get like double exponential. Like there's, it couldn't be more perfect than this, right? This is the most epic, the most um, heroic, the most triumphant uh, wrestling song that, that I've ever heard. And it's, it's um, th- without a doubt my favorite theme of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's multiple versions of this, too, with different intros. Uh, version 3, which has the explosion at the beginning and the longer intro.
good, and uh, the Noah version has an even more dramatic intro, and it's somehow even more epic of a song. Spartan X in that way, I suppose, which makes sense because, you know, at this time, guys like Masawa and Kobashi are pretty much just, you know, gods in wrestling there, so for them to reach such legendary status, it would make sense that their theme songs would also kind of be upgraded and be a little bit more epic and that kind of scale, so, um, uh, yeah, but, but any version of this song is just plain awesome there, Jojo. Where did you, where do you rank Osamu Suzuki in terms of wrestling theme composers? I mean, he's certainly very prolific, that's for sure. He's made a lot of theme songs over the years. And, you know, is he well-known over here like Jim Johnston is or Jimmy Hart? You know, probably not, no, by majority of people. But if you know your Japanese wrestling music, which you should, by the way, folks, um, then, yeah, the name Osamu Suzuki is one that you would recognize, for sure. You know, him, Kitamura, guys like that are, are very, like I said, prolific and have made just so many themes over the years. Yeah, and Suzuki has themes from New Japan too, right? It's not just oh, yeah, all definitely. Japan he's working with. Some of the, the biggest New Japan songs are him too. Yeah, I mean, Keiji Mudo, I did the episode about him not too long ago, and, you know, what two bigger songs are there than Hold Out and Muda? <laughs> That's him. That's him right there. And uh, uh, Fantastic City for Chono as well. He did that one too. And um, I think uh, Shinya Hashimoto's song too. Yep, yep. Which has an, another super, super uh, heroic melody as well. Yeah, so if you're looking for slungs like this, you know, he's he's the guy to go to, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I mean, like, to me, this is kind of, when we think of Japanese wrestling, the style of Japanese wrestling themes, he kind of, you know, set the standard. Mm-hmm, absolutely, yeah. So from 03 to 05, Kobashi had a different song in Noah than Grand Sword. This is by KAZ, and it's called Blazin. I guess Kobashi wasn't happy with just one epic theme. He needed two, which fine, fair enough, it's Kobashi, whatever. Um, and yeah, Blazin, again, checks all the boxes here. Has the ramp-up intro, the big sound, a lot going on. It differs from Grand Sword in a big way in that it's guitar-oriented instead of piano. And I think that gives it a little bit more power, a little bit more punch, a little bit more uh, fire, if you will, um, with that guitar in there. So yeah, a, a really great song um one that you know they didn't need to replace grand sword it was doing fine on its own but uh still i love this one a lot jojo yeah i i like the song a lot too i kind of think of it as like the other side of the coin to junakiyama's sternness theme i think it's like a very similar kind of composition but like you said very heroic at the same time whereas sternness is very aggressive and um you know, more in your face in a, in a kind of a different way, right? Whereas this is very straightforward and, and guitar-focused, like you said. Um, so, yeah, I kind of pair those two themes together in my head, and I think uh, for the time, it, it totally makes sense because those guys were paired in the ring a lot together, too. Uh, but, yeah, this is a, a, is another very classic theme. Mm-hmm, right, and, and, and timing-wise, I can see a point in changing it because 
he got this in 03, and that was when he won the GHC Heavyweight Championship. Uh, and he held it for two straight years there. And the length of the reign, 03 to 05, coincides with the length of the song, 03 to 05. So, um, and that reign, of course, is still the most definitive reign of the company. It's the most definitive reign of Kobashi's career. So the idea that he gets this this new, quote-unquote, more badass, more incredible theme to symbolize his ascension into winning the belt and starting this legendary reign is, you know, it's, it's pretty cool, I think, in that kind of regard, JoJo. Yeah, and, it, you know, he went through a gear change at the same time, right? That's when he adopted the black trunks. I think right before that, he tried to dye his hair blonde. That didn't really stick, but, <laughs> you know, he was trying to reinvent himself. Uh, little did he know he was about to hit, like, the biggest run of his career. But, uh, yeah, I think a couple things changed at that time for him, obviously. Um, you know, some some medical things as well. So um, it was a good, uh, you know, good marker of a new era in his career. Mm-hmm, definitely. Up next is pillar number three, Toshiaki Kawada, Dangerous K. And uh, before Kawada became big as a pillar, he was in a tag team with Kodo Fuyuki, a.k.a. Samson Fuyuki, called Footloose. And if you're wondering, hmm, I wonder what song they had as a theme, well, it's by Kenny Loggins from the Footloose soundtrack, and it's, of course, Footloose. is a bit of a left turn here, uh, a pretty pretty big left turn from Blazin to Kenny Loggins, but it's not the only Kenny Loggins in all Japan, because remember Jojo, your first time on the show a few years ago, we talked about Danger Zone as the theme That's for right. Masanobu Fuchi. So yeah, as strange as it is to see old man Fuchi come out to Danger Zone, I think it's just as odd to see Kawada come out to Footloose, but uh, look, the team is called Footloose, and you can't not use the song. It's it's right there, Jojo. Come on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's the timing, right? Like, I'm sure it made a ton of sense at the time. Like, take a step aside from Kawada, too. Like, Fuyuki? It's, the song fits Fuyuki even less than it fits Kawada, just musically. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Danger Zone makes sense. This one... I'll give it the name. It's a catchy tune for sure. Uh, what What are your thoughts on Kenny Loggins in general? I like him. I mean, I know only the hits pretty much, but yeah, Footloose and Danger Zone and I'm Alright and a few other songs are all really good. So yeah, I, I like what I've heard, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it It took a couple a couple of iterations for Kawada to get a song that, that fit his persona the right way. Oh yeah, and we'll get to that with the next song as well, for sure. Um, but for right now, yeah, the, the song is called Footloose, the team is called Footloose, it's a match made in heaven. Um, and also, if you think about it, Kawada, known for his big kicks, kicks Footloose, it lines up there, it lines up, I'm just saying. But, it does, um, it does, for sure. But no, yeah, it, it is It is weird to think of, you know, Dangerous K, the super stiff, delayed selling, total grumpy badass come out to, you know, you gotta cut loose footloose but again much like with Misawa and Tiger Mask 2 this is all in the 80s up to 1990 this is before the pillars took over and became quote-unquote the pillars so you kind of have to look at it as just a different stage of their career it's not the guy that you know it's the guy that will become the guy that you know so that's kind of got to think about it in that sense there Jojo for sure I mean the 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 footnote I put here is I'm sure it made sense at the time I'm sure it made a lot of sense at the time 
Um, but yeah, he was still growing into his character. He was definitely still at that point second fiddle to uh, Fuyuki, uh, who was the leader of the group. So um, yeah, it, it, it makes sense, right? Like these guys don't get that iconic theme right out of the gates, right? They have to grow as wrestlers. They have to grow th thematically uh, as well. Um, so yeah, he would get there. And this is obviously was one of the most popular songs in the world at the time they, they gave it to these guys. So um, yeah, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And it's fun as well to look up some of the gear that uh, he and Fuyuki wore back then. Cause, cause nowadays we're so used to, you know, black and yellow pants, Kawada, but you look at some of the photos back then and it's like, you know, they're in leopard print, they're in tiger stripes, they're in these like plain red trunks. It's, it's very weird. <laughs> That's right. Like colorful, like purple leopard print swatches across yellow tights and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. It's the eighties, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's like seeing Masawa wear like red pants or the blue pants and it's like, it just feels wrong, but it happened. The, the footage is real. So, you know, it is what it is. But that's one of the things I love about Japanese wrestling is that, like, because the careers are so long and these guys are in kind of the public eye from the very beginning, and whether it's in magazines or in, in video at that time in video games, right? Like, you get to see these the development of them as wrestlers, whether it's through the moves they do, through the music they wear, through their gear, where I feel like now it's a lot more like kind of less organic i would say right whereas you, you got to try stuff that doesn't work or maybe it works in 1988 but it doesn't work in 1992 um so it's yeah it it, it definitely bring brings about a lot of nostalgia for me to think about like these different iterations that these guys had in their careers yeah it is interesting to do these rewatches or these deep dives and and see guys just grow and change as time goes by i mean kawada goes from you know, Footloose to Super Generation Army to Holy Demon Army over the span of only, what, a few years, I think. And eventually he does, I guess, solidify as the Kawada that we all know and love today. But he did not, you know, come out of the oven fully formed. He did take a while to become who he became. And that's true for all the pillars. It's true for so many wrestlers there, Jojo. And then, like, the consistency became the identifying trait of of all japan right it was you had the green guy you had the orange guy you had the black and yellow guy you had the red guy you had the blue guy like it became that eventually but to look at it in the context of these songs like it didn't start that way which is awesome yeah definitely definitely in the hobby it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks we hype ourselves up thinking ah, maybe i can pull a ken Griffey jr rookie card but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever, but if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards... It sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 
10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. So in 1990, Footloose breaks up and Kawada joins the Super Generation Army with Misawa and Kobashi and Kikuchi and the gang. And he gets a new theme song. This will last a couple of years until 1992. This is the BB Band with The Last Battle. So another odd theme in regards to Kawada, because it has a similar dun 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 backing section and tempo setter like Spartan X has, which makes sense because he was Masawa's partner around this time. But where it gets weird is the horns, because it makes it sound like the opening for a Vegas show. You know, it just, it feels a bit out of place. It doesn't have that same element of epicness that uh, other songs have, um, kind of like Sniper in that way, JoJo, where it just doesn't have uh, the gravity, you know? Totally. This is, To me, this is like an alternate take on Sniper X. It's like th- that same type of feel, which makes sense if they're partners, right? They're they're both kind of in the, the new generation babyface group that's banded together against the established veterans. Makes sense, right? But he, Kawada hadn't embraced his inner grumpiness fully yet right he's he this is way too upbeat for him right he needs to darken it up a bit he needs to grump it up a bit uh and that that would be on the very dark and foreboding horizon for him in the near future Mm -hmm. oh yeah and uh also the name the last battle it feels a little bit misleading i think because i know it's trying to convey excitement and action with the pace and the quick trumpet blasts and all that stuff but the last battle makes me think of like apocalyptic, you know, the final stage of an ancient conflict that the, the gates of Mordor have opened. And this is more like a 70s cop show car chase. You know, it's just <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just doesn't sure. really match, I think, there, Jojo. For sure. Yeah, I totally hear what you're saying. So Kawada's next theme is his longest lasting, his signature song that he has for the rest of his career. Uh, this is DDT with a song called Holy War. This is more like it. Get those horns out of here. Bring in the explosions. Bring in the guitars. Bring in the shredding solos. I mean, this is a proper Kawada theme with a proper and fitting title, Holy War. 
Um, I mean, those explosions at the beginning, yeah, it's a holy war, all right. <laughs> um, so yes, all due respect to Kenny Loggins and The Last Battle, but uh, this is the Kawada-themed JoJo, that's for sure. Totally, yeah, this is like... Uh, as perfect... I, I prefer Grand Sword, but this is as perfect for the wrestler as Grand Sword, right? This has that edge to it. It's very dark. It has almost like a... Uh, a, almost like a 70s kind of Led Zeppelin feel to it. Um, and it just, it fits him so perfectly, right? Like, he comes out in his robe, he's doesn't have his, his, his dentures in, right? Like, he's ready <laughs> to rock from the opening bell. Um, and yeah, it just fits him so perfectly. And it, it, you know, even the variations on this one, right? Like, they add to it, right? I feel like um, it, this song just embodies him to a T. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, it's around the time of the Misawa split and forming Holy Demon Army and all that stuff. And what's cool about that is it doesn't sound like a bad guy's theme per se, but it still sounds antagonistic, you know? Like, yeah, this like is an anti-hero. Anti-hero. Right, yeah, like Spartan X and Grand Sword are very much on the light side of things. This is more dark-sided, and it's cool how you know that helps kind of carve that line between Misawa and Kobashi and Kawada, and also Tawei, too. For sure, yeah. It's, 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 it, like you mentioned, in retrospect, it, it seems perfect because, you know, it was in the past, but I, I bet you even at the time, like, the association with these wrestlers, it depended so much on these songs, right? Even, like, playing the video games of, of All Japan at the, at the time, like, it was just a huge part of the overall experience, um, you know, way more than we have today. I feel like we've definitely lost that, like, really strong, association and in a lot of sense with with all japan person right they don't have the same uh level of themes even if you look across japan i would say only new japan is really doing it um really well um so yeah it was a huge part of the overall spectacle of, of the time and and it really added to kawada's character and the development of of him as an individual for sure mm -hmm. and uh there are other versions of this as well uh, there's a version by the bb band <laughs> has this intro where you mentioned Led Zeppelin it sounded kind of like Stairway to Heaven totally 100% especially the part where it goes da -na -na, da -na -na, da -na -na -na. that caught my ear pretty clearly there and um, there's the Holy War 21 version <laughs> Is, I think my favorite guitar solo of the bunch, but um, but listen, it, much like with Spartan X or Grand Sword or whatever, there's so many versions. You know, take your pick; they're all pretty great there. <laughs> and like like I mentioned before, like if you're looking for for workout music and you're in a in a pickle, like go to this stuff, man. This stuff is epic. It all has the chugging uh, rhythms. That it'll 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 get you through a workout for sure. Moving on now to the fourth and final pillar: Akira Tawe, the big man with his uh, weird-looking choke slams that he loved to do. <laughs> uh, Tawei's first theme is from 88 to 91. It's by Bakufu Slump. Yes, it's a real band. It's a song called Runner. <laughs>
so another big left turn here from the uh, giant craziness of Holy War into a heartfelt pop song, really. Um, I know Tawei used an instrumental version of this, but I couldn't find that, so we have the lyrics version here. And, um, you know, as odd as it sounds to have this song with uh, Tawei, of all people, we're used to it, I think, at this point, because we have had the non-normal pillar theme before the iconic pillar theme. So, um, I mean, we already had Footloose, for God's sake, so how much weirder can it get, JoJo, really? <laughs> yeah, and the intro of this, you know, it hits and you think you're going to get into some sort of like prog rock, like Emerson, Lake and Palmer type thing. And then the, the pop music hits you and it's like, OK, well, I wasn't expecting that, but here we go. Um, you know, but I think it fits Tawei, right? Like he's not uh, there's nothing like normal about Tawei, right? Like he's kind of shaped weird. He kind of moves weird. He's kind of like weird, lanky and not really in shape. Like, but he's one of the best wrestlers ever. Right. And this just fits him. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm all I'm all here for it. Mm -hmm. And I found a translation of the lyrics uh, here. In the locker room where we took shelter from the rain, you had your head slightly hung, and said that you wouldn't be able to come back again. The depths of your eyes held a storm, and you were so sincere and so sad. I wonder what I should have said to you then. The unclouded days of a young man pass by like the seasons, and the wind will always powerfully blow. So we run, we run. Sweat pouring down without pause. Someday, if we find our way, maybe I'll be able to tell you how I feel. Tawei Akira! You know, it's such a, such an emotional, heart-wrenching song about lost love and regrets and whatnot. Yeah, and beautiful. I know this didn't have the lyrics when it came out to it, but still, the dichotomy here, JoJo, is is very funny. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it does, those are not wrestling themed lyrics, right? It doesn't make it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for, uh, you know, even the music, right? Like it's it doesn't it's more upbeat. Um, but yeah, somehow somehow it works. It's a good song. Like give it a listen. Even the version without with the lyric thing is totally worth listening to. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess it's not as awkward as Kenta coming out to where to hood at. Well, the end bombs in it that's that's something at least so <laughs> yeah i mean there may have been some of the same folks in, involved in the decision making process for both of those <laughs> teams so you never know exactly yeah yeah um so uh after a runner tawei gets a new theme they'll have from 91 to 97 and then in noah from 01 to the end of his career in 2013 uh this is by ingve malmstein off the album eclipse this is eclipse So this is the Tawei theme here, of course, and uh, surprise, surprise, Ingve Malmsteen. It's a big guitar song with lots of typical virtuoso noodling guitar work in there. And, um, you know, compared to, say, Spartan X or Grand Sword, I don't really hold this one as much, you know, in high regard, but um, which I guess is kind of fitting for Tawei, I suppose. But, but still, it, it's a good theme and much more appropriate than Runner is, at least, Jojo. Yeah, and, you know, you're you're definitely more of a, a metal connoisseur than than I am, but I kind of think of Ingve as like a huge pillar, if you will, like musical pillar that inspired a lot of the this like style of, of of Japanese wrestling theme. Is is that kind of? Do you think that's on the right track? You know, I never really thought about that before, but I can definitely see it. I mean, from what I know about Ingve, I'm not a big Ingve guy, but. He's definitely one of those guys who, um, you know, lives up to the moniker of big in Japan. He's a very big following over there, more so than, than here. So um, I don't know 
for sure, but I can imagine him being a very big influence on, on some guys uh, in Japanese wrestling, for, absolutely. Yeah, when I hear his music, I think, like, yeah, that would work as a wrestling theme. Mm-hmm, yeah, for sure. And, uh, and tonally, this is in the same wavelength as Holy War, where it's not like a super dark, evil kind of song, but it's got more of that grittiness, got more of that edge to it mm. than the more triumphant and heroic Misawa and Kobashi themes do. So, again, kind of a cool way to delineate that, you know, Tao and Kawada are together with the tone of their songs, Jojo. Yeah, they're like moody versions of the, the like, as opposed to the heroic ver- versions of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So from 97 until 2000 with the Noah split, uh, Taui had a different theme. This is by Osamu Suzuki. Again, there he is. And it's called Thruster. This feels like a big downstep from Eclipse and from the standard of the other big pillar themes. A, because it feels like a slowed down version of Grand Sword with the piano melody on top. And B, I just don't like the sound of the keyboard. It sounds too chintzy, it sounds too midi, and it's just, overall, it's not up to snuff with the quality of the other pillar themes, Jojo. I just, I don't like it, I'm sorry. Yeah, I would agree. Musically, it definitely doesn't hold a candle, but I offer you this. I feel like this song fits Taoway, fits Taoway's overall presentation much better than Eclipse. How so? Just because he's not what you would expect, and this song is not what you would expect. It's kind <laughs> of like in a minor key. It's kind of just like plodding along. It's, it's, uh, it kind of takes some weird turn turns and choices musically. But to me, like that is Taoway. Like he's not. You don't want him to kind of have to stand toe-to-toe in presentation with somebody like uh, Kobashi, right? But but when he's given the opportunity, he surprises you. And I kind of feel like this song, the more you listen to it, you're like, yeah, that's a good melody. This is a strong melody. This works for him. I wouldn't never put this song on anybody else, but it works totally for him in my opinion. So it's an acquired taste, you're saying. Um, much like Tali himself. Like there you Tali. go. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's <laughs> a perfect way of putting it. There you go. There you go. Yeah, so... So the final theme here is a tag team theme, and it's for Kawada and Tawe, the Holy Demon Army. Uh, maybe the best tag team name ever, I think. <laughs> and their theme is a mashup of their singles themes. So this is Holy War Eclipse. You've got Eclipse in my Holy War. Two great tastes that taste great together. Um, yeah, this is uh, a standard mashup tag theme. Um, starts out with Holy War, and it goes into Eclipse, and then back to Holy War, and then back to Eclipse, and so on. So, yeah, it's not the most complex of arrangements, but when you have a tag team of Kawada and Tawe, which is simply 
guys being dudes the team, they don't need to go crazy with it. You can just keep it simple and keep it just their themes, and it, it just works, JoJo. So, yeah, it's just a combination of two badass themes for a combination of two badass wrestlers. Yeah, and I feel like this probably, probably would have been one of the first instances of a mashup theme in Japanese wrestling. And I think, like, you think of, like, uh, Suama and uh, Shuji Shikawa, they kind of did that. You think of Tenkoji, they kind of did that. You know, it, it, it had been done uh, a lot. But I, I, I want to say these guys were the first to do it, that, that mashup theme. Yeah, I mean, we're talking, like, 93, so I'm trying to think of any other mashup themes around that time come to mind, and none really do, so... I guess, yeah, they're, they're, they're pioneers in that regard, for sure, JoJo, yeah. Um, and musically, the songs fit together. Right, yeah, I mean, tonally speaking, the two songs line up very well. Um, it's not like it's, you know, Spartan X and Holy War, and there's just kind of an odd mesh of, of, of vibes. Uh, it's very much, you know, a case of these two similar-sounding and similar-vibing songs really gelling well together. Um, and also, as well, you know, Holy Demon Army, it wasn't like this was a brand-new tag-team gimmick for these two guys, it was just Kawada and Tawei forming a team. That was pretty much it. Right. And they don't have they don't have matching gear. They don't have no no. You know, uh, they probably don't hang out together much outside of the wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, I mean, it's 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 very much a case of singles guy Kawada, singles guy Tawei. We're together now. We're just going to team up. And yeah, there's no matching gear. There's no coordinated entrance. There's no brand new theme for this tag team specifically. It's just singles guy, singles guy, mush their two themes together just like they were mushed together, you know. So um, that that's pretty much it there, Jojo, yeah. <laughs> They're both restaurateurs these days too. That's right, yeah. Uh, Kawada's got his uh, ramen shop there, yeah. And uh, Tawei, is he a bar, I think? Is that what he has? I think he has a steakhouse. I think uh, he has okay, a steakhouse, that, yeah. That makes sense, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um... So yeah, those were the four pillar themes, and uh, yeah, nowadays uh, Kawada is retired, Tawei is retired, Kobashi is retired, and uh, then there's Masawa, you know, uh, who is not retired. He is no longer with us. He is dead. Uh, he died in the ring during a match in 2009 at the age of 46 years old, which is just so goddamn young. It's it's crazy, and he was hurting by the end too. I mean, you know, that's the thing about the four pillars. They put on the greatest matches ever, but the physical toll that all those years of wrestling put on their bodies was immense, to say the least. So, um, yeah, it's great to look back on all these matches, but it can be pretty bittersweet, too, knowing that Misawa is no longer here, Jojo. Yeah, and when I watch, uh, you know, All Japan or Noah matches with these guys back, like, more often than not, which isn't the case for a lot of wrestling I watch, I'm sure to include the entrances in what I'm watching, right? Because it adds so much to the environment. Um, and these teams are a huge part of it. Obviously, like, if you're going back, if you're not a fan of Japanese wrestling or you haven't seen this stuff, like, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. This is this is the template. This is the template for the presentation, right? Like, when we talk about the Budokan, like, these matches were all in, not all, but a lot of them were in that building. They were the ones that made that building's name. And to me, like, it all goes together. The music, the venue, the the wrestlers, their gear, uh, the the commentary, right? Like having Baba sitting on commentary, kind of speaking unintelligibly to, to even Maya, <laughs> who un understands some Japanese, right? Like, it's um, it all goes together, and, and, and the music is a huge part of it. So, yeah, do yourself a favor and and seek out the matches. And, and if, if the entrances are part of the, the clips that you're watching, like, don't fast forward through them, right? Absorb the music because it's really some of the best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you have matches that you can just list off the dates of as like a kind of shorthand, you know, six three ninety four or six nine ninety five, that says a lot about the quality and the staying power of these matches and these wrestlers. And you know, even with the physical toll that it took in the end, still this era, these matches, these wrestlers, this atmosphere. This booking, you know, it's still one of the most special times in wrestling history, bar none. And yeah, go watch some of it. If you haven't seen it, go watch some of it because I guarantee you it'll knock your socks off and the music will too, I'm sure. So there you go. Yeah. And I was like lucky enough to 
to live in Japan for a while. And like I was at shows where like Kobashi was either presenting the title or he was on commentary um, and he would come out to his music. And like, I tell you, I'm tearing up, like listening to the music. You think I wasn't crying, like sitting in the stand, seeing him walk <laughs> out like uh, really, really, really cool. Same thing when like when Chono would come out at Wrestle Kingdom, like the place would go crazy. Not only because of Chono as the man that he is, but like to hear that song in that venue, like there's a lot of meaning behind it. Um, so yeah, even now, like at a Fortune Dream show, or if Kobashi's at a DDT show or a Noah show, and they give him that entrance, like it's like it, it's a huge spectacle. So it's it's really cool to see. All right, well that's gonna do it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, JoJo, thank you again as always. So much fun having you on here. Um, luckily, we didn't have to take any burning lariats or rolling elbows or Kawada kicks or Nodaba Otoshis in this one. So um, we're, we're good in that regard, but still just a lot of fun, my friend. Like I said before, I, I, I'm honored to be on this episode and, and I'm, I'm really you know, glad that you asked me to be on it. And um, yeah, if we, can, if we can spread the gospel a little bit and get more people aware of this stuff, then, then it's a uh, mission accomplished. Any plugs you want to give? Go right ahead. No plugs, just, uh, you know, be nice to, to other people and, uh, you know, maybe watch some baseball, stay, stay safe and have a good time. And go watch 90s All Japan. Go yeah, go watch that too. That too yeah, yeah, yeah. So. For sure. And Music of the Met is, of course, part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. You can find all the great shows on there at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Met. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Discord for discussions and comments. VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Donate for any donations. Uh, just click the big Donate button beneath the name Music of the Mat. If you donate, hey, thanks so much. You're awesome. And of course, rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. JoJo, thank you again, and I'll see you around. Thanks so much, Andrew. All right, for JoJo Remy, I'm Andrew Rich. And I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. Music of the Mat is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders. Hey, kids, do you like wrestling? Well, we like wrestling, too. We are Shake Them Ropes here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Myself and Chris Novembrino kind of doing a lazy river of wrestling criticism, going through the news and whatever happened in stateside television wrestling. And also, you know what? Sometimes we just like to watch old stuff and talk about that, too. Love for you to give us a listen. If you haven't already, we are Shake Them Ropes here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network.